Alrighty. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Na'ahmaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulihi al-kareem amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet, peace be upon him. First and foremost, apologies for the confusion. I sent out an email uh, because I had, a, I had a three o'clock appointment uh, uh, that was pre-scheduled before the class. And some of you got the announcement, but some of you did not get the announcement. And that part reason why some did not, I'm not sure why though. In any case, let's jump right into, into the material. Uh, for people who have questions from previous classes, feel free to ask them. Uh, I may, uh, and most likely I will still delay them until the latter part of class. I still want to do give or take 30 minutes-ish of, of new material and then leave the floor open for questions, whether they're related to today's lessons or, or a previous uh, 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 lesson. And let me just do one more thing here. Uh, so, so yesterday we we looked at uh, we moved from uh, the idea of having a connection and how everything is connected. We moved from there into developing knowledge of Allah Ta'ala by way of getting to know his, his names. And now moving forward, we are going to add another attribute, which is Rahmah. But first let's look very briefly at the ayah that we're focusing on, the verse in the Quran that we're focusing on. So hopefully all of you can see beautiful Loyola campus. And notice in the photo, there's nobody there because there's nobody there. And right here, the very first ayah of, of the Quran, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, often translated as in the name of Allah. Here it says the entirely merciful and the especially merciful. And so notice the common element here is mercy and mercy. So part of our discussion is going to to focus on this. And so let's go to my whiteboard. You'll all begin to see how much I love using the whiteboard. Clear my drawing and, okay. So, so this first eye of the Quran is Bismillah. Ar-Rahman. Rahim. For the people who are longtime Muslims, this you've already recited many, many times, but we also have people in our class who are either new Muslims or, or are not Muslim, and so this is just to put everybody on the same page. And so a common uh, root in this second half is Rahma. So we have in or with the name of Allah. And the simplest way to translate these two would be the, uh, the highest or the most in Rahma and the eternal in Rahma. So the big word we have, the big word for today is Rahma. Good. 
Rahma translates as having two parts. The first part we are very familiar with. It is mercy. Okay. Now, anyone either using the chat box or the microphone, how would you translate mercy? And let's see if you can translate it without using the word forgiveness, because that's usually what people resort to. How would you translate mercy? Anyone? And again, feel free to either turn off your turn on your mic or unmute yourself or type. Yusuf, you look like you're about to say something. And I just realized my microphone's not hooked up, so I can't even hear you talking. Give me one second. Or my speaker's not hooked up. Uh, Yusuf, could you repeat what you said? Compassion. Okay, can, other, uh, can you talk again? Say it again. Compassion. Okay, compassion is a good word. Yeah, grace is a good word as well. And, and, and so the easiest way to define this is to make things easier. But compassion, I think, is a good translation for Rahma itself. And grace is also a good, uh, a, good, uh, a good translation to make things easier. And so if I am giving you mercy, it means in some capacity, I'm making things easier for you. I might be justified in making things difficult. I might want to make things difficult, but when I'm giving you mercy, I'm making things easier for you. The other half of mercy is intimacy or closeness. And what is the idea here is that I'm making things easier for you, easier for you to bring you closer. And so, so we often speak of Christianity as being a religion of love. We speak of Islam as being a religion of rahma. And, and how does that play out? And I'll come back to this screen in just a moment. We're saying in terms of rahma, that is the a primary relationship that Allah has with creation. It is with rahma. That is also a primary purpose of the Prophet himself, peace be upon him, is to literally be Rahma. And this is a primary relationship of believers with believers. Rahma. So in the same way that in the first class I said one of the central aspects of the entirety of the Islamic tradition is connection. Now we're talking about a particular type of connection and that connection is Rahma. A connection of mercy seeking to bring everyone closer together. So if we go back to this first screen how does it play out in terms of God and us that Allah is giving me Rahma? And then when does it become intimacy if I respond with gratitude? Gratitude to the mercy giver. 
Good. And a point to consider is when we're speaking of Allah as Ar-Rahman, the most in Rahmats, one way to look at that is relative, that this is the extreme, that, that all of our relationships are different forms of Rahma. Naturally, if a relationship is tyrannical or is trauma-inducing, it's going to be near the bottom of that scale. At the top of the scale is the Rahma that Allah is pouring onto me. And so another point I'd like you to consider when we speak about us in relationship with Allah, and this is a really, really huge point, is how I perceive Allah in my heart will influence how I look at what happens in my life. That's supposed to be an arrow. Let me make a nicer arrow. Hold on. So much nicer. It will influence and inform how I perceive my life or what happens in my life. Perceive. how I regard my life or what happens in it. Okay, this is a huge, huge point to consider that I might say in terms of lip service that God is most merciful. Okay. Now notice I'm also not saying God is all merciful. I'm saying God is most merciful. I might say that God is most merciful. I might say God is, is being merciful to me overall, but my heart is going to reveal what I truly believe. And if I truly believe that Allah is being merciful to me, uh, then that is going to affect how I look at what happens in my life. And the example many of you have already heard from me is that suppose I have a car accident, I'm in a car accident. If in my heart, I'm truly regarding God as pouring mercy upon me, then I'm going to experience this car accident and think this was horribly bad. So much bad happened, but it could have been so much worse. As bad as it was, it could have been so much worse. So if, however, I am seeing God as a punisher, because a lot of students come to my office saying, okay, God hates me. God is always punishing me. Then if that's how I perceive God, then if I get into this car accident, I'm going to see it as a punishment from God. Good. Or if I see God as absent, he doesn't really care. Okay, then that's how I'm going to regard the car accident. Good. I might even think, okay, where's God? How come God never helps me? Good. And so a deeper point of what I'm making here is that much of the Quran is focused on your thinking. It focuses on your thinking and your perception. How do you interpret what's happening in your life? 
So there are 6,000 some ayahs in the Quran, 6,000 some verses in the Quran, of which less than 10% are actually instructions. A lot of times, especially uh, if you ask Muslims, you know, you know, what is the content of the Quran? The thought is that, okay, this is the guidance on how to live life, and it's a whole set of rules. Okay, oh, not even 10% is, is rules. Not even 10% is instructions, direct instructions. And most of it is actually focused on your thinking, on your perception. And we'll be adding onto this, giving more uh, examples and such as we go through the class. And so one of the most important things to think about is how do I truly perceive Allah? How do I regard God? And so we often have the attributes of Allah, you know, in Arabic, Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Al-Malik, Al-Qudus, Al-Salam, and so forth and so on. And that's, we might speak of them in an objective sense, like these are the, these are the attributes of God. But those are attributes of Allah to me, how he is interacting with me. And the most repeated, or one of the most repeated of all the attributes of God is Rahmah. The most repeated word in the Quran itself is literally Allah, not including things like and, not particles, and, or. We're talking about the actual words, nouns, and verbs, and such. And of the attributes of God, one of the most repeated of them all is the attribute of Rahmah. We'll see a few more very, very shortly. And so, so today our focus is on Rahmah, and once again, half of it is giving ease. And then half of it is responding to the ease, which is creating mercy. Which means what? Let's do let's, this bottom part I'm going to rewrite on another screen. Let me also just make sure I save it. Save. Save. Okay. So someone gives you ease. So we have the act of giving and then the response, okay? So this person gives you ease. Either you can respond with some sort of acknowledgement, which would be gratitude, or you reject it in gratitude. And so we're saying in gratitude, is one of the essences of disbelief. Okay. And gratitude is an essence of belief. And easy aspects in life to, to test it out. Ask yourself, how grateful are you for things like existence? Or do you find yourself thinking, man, I wish I wasn't alive? Yeah. Uh, that might be physiological depression. Yeah. Uh, some of it, however, depression I'm saying is not a choice. Depression is a physiological condition. But our thought processes, portion of that is a choice. Or how do you perceive the people that raised you? Do you see them as tyrants? Or do you see them as people who are also are nurturing you? Okay. Or think of other aspects of what Allah has put on your life. 
the fact that you are in this class means you have computer access, you have Wi-Fi access, and you are in some sort of peaceful state, even if you have all kinds of hurricanes going around in your life. Uh, means you have a certain amount of privilege and ease. And so part of gratitude is recognizing the eases that you've been given. So this leads now into your first homework assignment, which is an easy assignment, but it'll get hard, even though it's about 60 seconds left. Some of you have already had this assignment from me. Okay, so daily. Either in a document or in a journal, whatever works for you. This is not something you're gonna share with, with me or anyone else. Each day you have to list five things to be grateful for in your life. And, hold on, I hope I'm not having internet issues again. Okay, uh, can someone nod your head? Yeah, okay, good, yeah, good. Five things to be grateful for in your life, you cannot repeat. That alone is gonna suddenly make a very easy assignment into a very difficult assignment, okay. And for each thing, you also have to add and say within yourself, Alhamdulillah. Okay. So you have to try to say that within yourself. Alhamdulillah, we're gonna translate more detail, probably next class. And, and so the simple translation is praise and gratitude are due to God. And you have to try to say it from deep within yourself. And for each one, add the prayer, add the dua that is in the Quran in Surah Al-Ahqaf. And if you have trouble finding it, uh, email me and, and I'll connect you to it. Ahqaf 4615. So Surah 46, I 15. And it's about a sentence into the ayah itself. And the simple translation is, uh, the beginning of it is, my Lord, guide me to be grateful for what you've bestowed upon me and upon my parents, and so forth and so on. Rabbi, awzi'ni, and ashkura, so forth and so on. Okay. So this you have to do every single day. If you miss a day, I mean, some of you I know online are, are moms with, with you know four or more super active kids, or you have other full-time lives. If you miss a day, fine. Just try to pick up wherever you can. You don't have to make up. So if you miss tomorrow, the next day, just do five. The goal is consistency as opposed to just getting the amount done. Now, if you can do this on a pretty consistent basis, then consider this like a small doses of medication. In six to nine months of doing this consistently, and consistency might even be four times a week, ideally seven times a week. Uh, then six to nine months, you're going to start seeing changes in your thought, in your thinking. Okay. All the assignments I give you are all field tested. These aren't just like hypothetical assignments. So this is your first homework assignment. Average time is literally 60 seconds. But you're going to reach a point, because you can't repeat, that it's going to start feeling like doing push-ups. Okay. 
And that's when you have to really fight yourself because what's taking place in terms of gratitude is that there's a certain amount of our lives where we look at and we're grateful for it. Okay. And then there's certain parts of our lives where we know we should be grateful. Okay. But then there's other parts of our life that we're not paying attention to. Okay. Uh, uh, Ramsha, can you see, uh, can you see the instruction on the screen? That's uh, that's the, uh, the assignment. So once again, imagine, you know, a whole circle, there's certain portions of our life that we are grateful for. And in fact, just to make it easier. So this is your life. Let's see if I can draw a circle. Oh, excellent. That looks sort of like a circle. Okay. So there are certain portions of life. Oops. There are certain port, sorry. There are certain portions of life where this is probably what you're already grateful for. You know, if you have a job, maybe you're grateful for, for having a job. Maybe, maybe you're grateful for your children. Maybe you're grateful to have air to breathe. Maybe you've had serious health problems and you feel grateful. Then there are those parts of life where you know you should be grateful. So for example, with young people, this is often their parents. Yeah, I know I should be, but I can't stop seeing my parents as a bunch of tyrants who try to control everything. Okay. But then there's this other region of so many aspects of life where we don't want to think about them. Okay. So what are other things you know you should be grateful for? Suppose, okay, your eyes, your ears, your health, your pancreas, your stomach, your liver, okay? But then there might be other elements of life that we don't want to focus on. And so what we're saying here is because of the fact you can't repeat, over the course of the next few months, you're going to find yourself venturing into some of those terrains. Now, I'm not talking about places where, where life is horribly bad, okay? But there's a whole lot outside of that. And so, so uh, if anyone still doesn't understand the assignment, by all means, please uh, uh, turn on your microphone or, or just post in the, the, the chat box. Okay, and so what are we saying? We're saying a dominant relationship that Allah Ta'ala has with creation is Rahma. And then we respond with gratitude. Now, commentators, speaking about the relationship of Rahman and Rahim, when you find these two together, uh, a metaphor to try to understand this relationship is that Rahman is sort of like rain. Now, we're talking about the relationship here. We're not talking about Allah. We're talking about the relationship. And this is sort of, Rahim is sort of like a mother to her child. Okay. I mean, you can't do analogies with, with God. So what are we saying? That rain, when it falls, it falls on everyone, regardless of whether they're believers or regardless of whether they're tyrants. There's an aspect of God's mercy that is given to everyone. Consciousness is something he's given to, to everyone. 
the air. Of course, different levels of air cleanliness will vary, but it could be that you're a Muslim, yet your next door neighbor is, is someone who is not at all a, a believer, is even a tyrant, um, yet Allah Ta'ala is giving them rahmah as well. But then we speak of Rahim. So imagine you have a mother and she's taking care of her own child and along with her own child, she's taking care of four other children. And she thoroughly loves all five children. But she's not going to love the other four the way she loves her own child. She might love all five children oozing with love for them, gushing with love for them. But still the relationship she has with her own child is going to be different. And what are we saying? We're saying that there's an aspect of God's Rahmah that is unique to every single person. So one aspect of Allah's Rahmah is general. Another aspect is completely unique. And so the relationship of Rahmah that Allah Ta'ala is pouring upon me is unique compared to Jad, which is compared to Jannah, which is compared to Sylvester, which is compared to Zahra, which is compared to Fatima, which is compared to Simone, which is compared to Eve number one, Eve number two, so forth and so on. Each and every one of us has a completely unique relationship of Rahmah from Allah. Now think about what else that means. It means that Allah Ta'ala, even with all of his majesty, God Most High, even with all of his majesty, is giving each and every one of us 100% attention. That none of us is being remotely abandoned by Allah. And that's literally a passage in the Quran near the end, Surah 93, where Allah Ta'ala is saying, first context to the Prophet, peace be upon him, but then by extension, everyone else, everyone else, your God has not abandoned you, nor is he upset with you. But consider the consequences of that, that Allah Ta'ala, we often think of Allah as giving us full attention in terms of good conduct or bad conduct. We're also saying whatever Allah Ta'ala puts before me, when I'm saying Allah Ta'ala, I'm saying God Most High, whatever he puts before me is specifically designed for me. It's not arbitrary. It's not chance. Whatever test he hits me with, even if they're the same as the next person or they're completely different than the next person, they're designed specifically for me. Good. And so now with a couple of minutes left, I'm going to introduce to you this idea of the way Allah manifests his Rahmah. And a lot of times his Rahmah is coming in the form of doors to get closer to him. So God's Rahmah. Okay. Which we often understand using the language of tests. Okay. okay. And Sylvester, I see you posted a question. I'll get to it uh, shortly after finishing this last part. Okay. And so not necessarily in any particular order, there's five tests. And what does this mean? Every moment of your life is going to be one or more of these tests. Every moment of your life is one or more of these doors that we can walk through to get closer to God. So one is a test of obedience. And how do you pass? You pass 
by obeying. So for example, you know, we're in the month of Ramadan, God is saying to fast, and so we try to obey and fast. And if we have exceptions, that's a different issue. Sometimes embracing the exception is the act of obedience. Okay, sometimes he will give us ease. And so I'm suggesting that if you've been able to carve out this half hour or hour out of your day, it probably is a hint that you have some ease in your life. How do you pass the test? With gratitude. Sometimes he will hit us with struggle. How do you pass the test of struggle? You persevere. And sometimes he's going to give us the test of difficult decisions. Sometimes the decision is going to be, okay, should I go to uh, this career or not? Or should I marry this person or not? Uh, sometimes in your difficult decisions, all the options are good. Sometimes all the options are bad. And how do you pass? You decide with reliance on him. And so all of these include an additional point. All of these include with reliance on God. Plus uh, being pleased with God. And I'll explain this in a second. And that's for all of these. So this is pass. This is high pass. Okay. What level do you want to get to? You want to be pleased with God for everything. Intellectually, it's easy. In practice, it's very hard. Okay. Now, for all the times that I fall short on any of the first four, I seek forgiveness. So how do you pass? You seek it. And there's also tests that we'll talk about later on and how to test your sincerity. You know, you stop doing it, you regard it as wrong, you hate to go back to it and such. Okay. But what are we saying here? That every moment of your life is going to be one or more of these four things. And then the fifth one is to make up for all the times I've fallen short. And what are we saying? Those are each tests that Allah Ta'ala by design is putting before you in every moment of your life. It's designed specifically for you. And what are they really when we're calling them tests? They're doors to get closer to Allah. So then you can imagine what would be to fail. Fail would be to disobey. Fail would be to, to, to be ungrateful. Failing in terms of struggle it means that you're quitting or you're turning against him or you're breaking rules, things like that. Difficult decisions. 
There, it's not quite as failure in the, except in the sense that you're just not making the decision. Like a lot of times students won't come to my office full of anxiety because they have to make difficult decisions and they might be awesome decisions. One example is a student who had to choose between going to Harvard and University of Chicago for grad school. And she's having literally a nervous breakdown. And I had to make the point, okay, you're choosing between two luxury cars here. Good. And in fact, I also had a student who was having that exact struggle, choosing between two really nice cars. But sometimes a difficult decision is, you know, do I take this treatment for my child or do I take that treatment for my very, very sick child? Okay, so, so that's today's lesson, inshallah. What did we look at? We looked at Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim, which now, and now completes the first ayah. So I'm going to open the floor to questions. And so I'm going to go from the bottom up, um, but hopefully get everything. So isn't part of uh, passing the test of ease to help others who come into your life with struggles, because if you don't have it, then Allah sends people who do have it. Uh, I won't consider that to be necessarily part of the test of ease, but what I will say is that we're gonna see another dimension of all these things, which is when I'm witnessing what other people are going through. Okay? And that's gonna put another level of, of obligation for me on all of these. So for example, um, so <clears throat> uh, obedience, uh, is also to help other people fulfill their obedience. The ease is also to help use, uh, bring other people to ease. Struggle is to help other people with, with their struggle. So for example, one of my favorite passages is at the end of Surah 90, Surah Al-Balad, often translated as the city, where Allah Ta'ala is, is speaking about going on the steep hill. And do you know what the steep hill is? The steep hill is when you're feeding people on a day of hunger. And so, so that will be built into all these. We'll be expanding on, on all of these tests, inshallah. Good question. Uh, let's see, Sylvester says, uh, to rephrase, does that mean that everyone also has a personal relationship with Allah that it feels unique to each person? So everyone has an absolutely unique relationship with Allah and everyone has a collective relationship with Allah. On the day of judgment, you and I are each going to be held to account absolutely alone. Uh, we won't be able to use anyone as an excuse. Even if we try, we won't be able to do anything else. Uh, it's literally me alone. We're not gonna care about our parents, our siblings, our children. It's just gonna be us alone. Do incorrect spiritual thoughts lead to physical, clinical depression? Uh, I would suspect they contribute. Uh, I do believe that there's a portion of physiological depression that is physiological without necessarily a cognitive component and that's purely um what's the word uh that is purely my own uh, educated guess uh but summer you're you're actually more more uh trained in all this i'd be curious what are your thoughts about this uh, but i do think they they can amplify uh depression and anxiety incorrect spiritual thoughts uh, but i don't know that they can cause it uh, I mean, in the in the past, in if we were to have this conversation about 150 years ago in America, we used to literally call it melancholia, right? And it was spoken of as this like contagious dis uh, 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 disease. And so I do think there's a portion of it that is straight physiological. I mean, what we're also going to see is that in terms of different dimensions of a person, the body, the mind, and the heart, depression would be different types depending upon where it is in a person as well, inshallah. Any other questions about anything at all? Uh -huh. 
the homework uh, extends to the last class. The preference would off is added once at the end of each entry or once at the end of each homework. Okay, good. So the homework extends for the rest of your life. Okay. And so, so uh, the class is only gonna go barely a month. Uh, and so these are things that I do on myself. I don't do them as frequently, but I also recognize when I start needing to do them uh, more often as well. And, and, and um, reciting the prayer from Surah Al-Ahqaf, you do that for each entry. So let's say, you know, today I say I'm grateful or I should be. Now keep in mind, this is not things you are grateful for. These are things you should be grateful for, whether you are or not. So I should be grateful for this class. Alhamdulillah. Rabbi Azizni and Ashkura, so from so on. Uh, I'm going to have iftar today. Uh, Alhamdulillah, inshallah. Rabbi Azizni, so do it for every single entry. So you'll be making, you'll be saying Alhamdulillah five times, and you will also be making that dua five times. Uh, someone turned off their turned on their microphone and was saying something. Yeah, could you really quickly go to the slide where it's uh, just rahma alone and you go from giving ease and the response, gratitude, ingratitude? Okay, thank you so much. Sure, absolutely. Any other questions about anything at all? So it is what we should be grateful for. So it doesn't mean you're already grateful. The point of the exercise is to develop gratitude almost like a muscle. And so I've had students in the past who I, they've sat in my office. And I said, all right, give me five things in life to be grateful for. And they struggled to come up with two. Good. Uh, and they were otherwise perfectly healthy and had a whole lot of other things going on in life. But they were just, they came into my office because something else horrible was going on. And so, so the point of the exercise is to guide me to become grateful. And thank you, Omar Zahra, he posted, he posted the, the link. For the test, are we testing ourselves and others? Uh, how do we know we're passing through? Okay, these are tests that Allah is putting on us. And, and so uh, I don't understand the second part of your question though, uh, in other others. Uh, how do we know if we're passing or failing? Well, I mean, some of it is very straightforward. Am I being grateful? Okay. Am I obeying? right? Am I persevering? So there's going to be the things that are right in front of me. And then there's going to be the things that I'm not paying attention to, just like that circle with the little, with the little pieces. Good. Why do we focus on not so great things in life? Uh, if we can think of five plus good things, then how do we change that negative mindset? So the point of the exercise is to start changing that mindset. But what is taking place, it's almost like we call it neural pathways. You get used to looking at things a particular way. So each and every one of you, if we were to speak about your parents, whatever role they have in your life, you have a particular set way on how you look at them. And you and I know it's gonna be a small amount of their whole relationship with you. Even if there's someone who was never present in your life, but especially if they were present in your life, you're gonna be focusing on a small amount. And every one of us might remember like these five or 10 horrible things that a parent said to us, and they might not even remember. And uh, we might remember a couple of moments of just amazing things that they, they said or did to us, but we're going to be missing most of the picture. And so we get used to certain styles of thinking. And so the goal of the assignment is to shift it more to seeing and appreciating the Rahma of God, which then applies, manifests, it, it hits us through all the different aspects of our lives. So very rarely will you meet a person who can truly say, that they feel like they get no rahma in their lives. We're gonna have an example of something like this in probably two or three classes from today. 
but again, if you have the privilege of being in this class right now, privilege not in the sense I'm giving you the privilege, I'm saying in the privilege of time and internet and technology, then chances are you probably have a whole lot of other rahmah in your life that uh, you may recognize or you may not. Another way to make it easier is to understand we're never going to fully grasp the rahmah that Allah is giving before us, right? But the goal is to see it as poured upon us. Any other questions at all? Otherwise, if uh, that is it, then we will, inshallah, stop right here. And uh, I don't remember if I've put, yeah, I did. I posted the class, uh, um, uh, everything, all the recordings, as well as the, the whiteboards, as well as some student notes I'm trying to post in that document, tinyurl.com. And then I forgot the rest, Quran, the pandemic Quran class, uh, L1, but it's in the original email. But here, let me just type it just for convenience so everybody has it. Um, tinyurl.com pandemic Quran class L1. That'll take you straight to a Google document where I am trying to, to compile uh, everything for, for your further reference, inshallah. Okay, we will stop right here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma. Glory to you, O Allah. Wa bihamdika. Praise and gratitude are to you. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka. We seek your forgiveness. Wa natubu ilayk. And we turn to you. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. May Allah tell reward you all, inshallah, and we'll see you tomorrow at normal time. So tomorrow at normal time is 3 o'clock Chicago time, inshallah. And there's going to be another class this week where we're going to be skipping the day. I think it's Wednesday, but I'll confirm tomorrow, inshallah. Okay, assalamu alaikum, everybody.